0: You're listening to Lakitu Valley from Mario Golf Toadstool Tour, released July 28, 2003, composed by Matoy Sakuraba. What's up, BG Maniacs? Welcome to another episode of BG Mania, a video game music podcast. I, of course, am your host, Brian,
1: and joining me on the show this
0: week, he is the host of The Movie Bar. Every month with the dyad,
1: it is Bedroth. Welcome back. Hey, man, it's good to be back after after that one week when we couldn't get anything together.
0: <laughs> yeah, we couldn't sit down. You were going to join me on that Thanksgiving episode for Harvest Moon and Story of Seasons, but we just we couldn't make it work, but that's okay. And then, heck, man, the Radio Hour went up today, the day we're recording, so we've been back yeah. on track for two weeks now. I can't
1: believe it. Yeah, man, still still uh, mourning the loss of Kevin Conroy, and uh, I wish I'd thought about it before Radio Hour went to Host, I would have thrown on a Power Rangers track for uh, for Jason David Frank, and yeah, um, it's been it's been a rough month for our childhood idols. Sure has been. It's been rough. Gallagher, maybe, you could maybe
0: do that, Gallagher. Yeah, you could do the Power Rangers thing. That's coming up, Radio are probably for December. Yeah,
1: I'll throw throw another block in there because man tommy tommy was the best he was my favorite he was he was the best man he was freaking great he really and was and everybody loves a redeemed villain as well so absolutely
0: yeah and he was such an awesome person like after power rangers too right like
1: mm-hmm. yeah yeah sad yeah he just always seemed like a really you know really down to earth dude and uh yeah it is sad very sad
0: yeah. it's sad when those demons take over but man reach out if you need help we always say, Absolutely,
1: yeah. Reach out if yeah. you need help. Yeah, um, one of the other podcasts I was listening to recently—I don't remember what it was—but they were talking about mental health awareness being on the rise, um, and that it, it's more, um, not just more acceptable, but more encouraged now for everybody, including men, to seek mm-hmm. out mental mental health support when needed. And um, yeah, definitely, if uh, um, reach out, there are resources. And um, yeah, for sure, if you need anything. It is that time of year. Sad to say, it's. How the season's the worst time of year for it. It is a wonderful time of the year, but yeah, man, there is... No, the worst like, time, uh, not a
0: wonderful time. It's the worst time know, of the year for worst it. Worst time
1: for that. Worst time for that. It's it's, 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 you know, it's a paradox because it is it is a great time yes. of year. There's a, there's a lot of great things going on. There's a lot of joy, a lot of nostalgia, but you know what? All of those emotions... There there are two sides to every coin, right? So the more powerful the positive emotions are, sometimes that can just go to emphasize negative emotions. Like, you know, clouds always look the darkest when you look up and the sun's shining straight through them because of the shadow on the underside of the cloud. It's like the opposite of the silver lining, whatever that is. So um, but man, what a what a dark way to bring in this episode. Um,
0: <laughs> Real quick if you'd be so kind. <laughs> <laughs> Head on over to Apple Podcast, or whichever app you chose and listen to us on. Drop us a quick rating and review. Tell us how uh, how we suck at opening a show. <laughs> Any oh, of man. Those reviews. Uh, they do help out in our terms of visibility, so the show continues to grow. And hey, you know, I just want to give everyone a big thank you because those Spotify wrapped for 2022s came out today, and I was kind of blown away by some of those stats. Yeah. Man. I sent you a screenshot. Of, of one of those stats that damn near a thousand people have us as their top listened to podcast just on
1: Spotify that is which insane is that's
0: absolutely incredible
1: yeah and I mean, that's hey, just on know, Spotify that's just Spotify I know I'm with you I know I'm with you now but you're you have been doing this show for all these years and this is like this is the house that, that you and Frank built this is uh, I'm like Soraya in AEW this is my house Right? Like Britt Page and like fours. An an yeah, you're like Britt Baker
0: <laughs> and I'm Soraya
1: <laughs> There you go. I have no idea what we're talking about, but you know what? Prof Jeff would <laughs> <laughs> He'll get a kick out of it maybe. Yep, Um, yep, yep, yep.
0: But yeah, and like I said, that's just Spotify, so our our listenership is incredible. Thank you guys so much, and uh, yeah, anything you do to, you know, help us out in terms of, like, ratings, reviews, it really does go a long way. And remember, we are on Patreon now as well, patreon.com forward slash RPG era. Check out our tiers, see what we're doing, and if you feel inclined, toss us a couple bucks each month. If not, continue to listen to the episodes as they upload each week, works wonders as well. And of course, special shout-out to current executive producers, JacksX and Zenku. All oh, right, man. Well, let's have some fun. After that yeah. intro,
1: let's have some fun. I am, I am legit excited about this episode. I, for a little while, was was hoping maybe that Shookapau could join us because uh, we're talking about one of Shu's favorite composers today. But I did get I a mean, few. I mean, she's here in spirit, right? That's right. Yeah, she is. Because I did get a few track submissions from her. Um, and we'll be talking about those as we get to them. But who are we talking about this month, man?
0: We are talking about a legendary Japanese composer that has been going strong since the 1980s, 1989 to be exact, and continues to release multiple soundtracks every year, including next year, where he's already got three lined up, we're talking yep. about Matoy Sakuraba.
1: 33 years this guy has been doing his thing, and yeah, man, it's crazy. Uh, Sakuraba. Sakuraba was born at 65, which makes him... 57. What, that's going to be... 57. Yeah, 57. Dang. And still going strong. That's actually not that old. Um, it's not.
0: No, it's not. It's not old by any stretch. With, with modern technology and modern medicine, 57 is... Now, before when it used to be old, old, it's middle of the road, right? Like, yeah, I mean, people are living to be longer than ever or older than ever. No, I guess longer than ever, too, but older than ever. in Shigeru modern Miyamoto times. is
1: 70. I know. I just I just recently noticed that. Um, we talked are, about Koshiro being young. Climbing.
0: Yeah, Koshiro's are all young still.
1: Uh, and Koshiro is only two years younger than Sakuraba. So um we think of Yasunori Mitsuda, who actually, fun fact, um, uh Sakuraba was one of Mitsuda's um what do you call him mentors mm-hmm. because Mitsuda's first job was uh as an intern at Wolf Team when Sakuraba was there. So he kind of um kind of studied under him when he was getting in his formative years. And uh Mitsuda's fifty. He's he's seven years younger than Sakuraba. So yeah. It's just
0: crazy, man. Absolutely crazy. And I've been a big fan of Sakuraba's for quite some time. I think my my introduction to him where I knew who he was was definitely with the Tales of series. And then obviously Star Ocean followed after that because, ta- you know, Tales of Fantasia was 95, mm-hmm. but I didn't get to play that until much later in like and or 2006, I think, when it finally came over to the U.S. in English. So uh, Star Ocean, in and the same thing with Star Ocean, right? The original Star Ocean came out in 96 in Japan, but we didn't see that until like 2008 or 2009. So I didn't uh, know who he was really until Tales of Destiny by name, which was in 98. But I'm sure, looking at everything that he's composed, there are other games on this list that I have played like Ernest Evans, before I knew who he was.
1: I'm sure, yeah, yeah. Um, I also, I didn't know who Sakuraba was until he's one of several opposers I didn't know by name until I started listening to VGM podcasts. And but then I heard him all the time and I was like, why how, why? how am I hearing this guy's name so much? And I didn't know anything about him. Well, it's because he's composed like everything. I don't know how many games, like so <laughs> many games. And, and half and of he's the so video good. games that ever have like, released. Right. Like he's consistently so good. I mean, just just the Tales series is huge. Like nobody really, really realizes how many games are in that series. And then you get the Star Ocean games. He's worked on Shining Force. Uh, he has been the driving musical force in the Mario Golf and Tennis series. Um, Which we opened Mario up with. Mario Sports in general. Mario Golf Toadstool Tour. Yep, that's right. That was a fun little track very nice opener.
0: Yeah, that's the one that I played the most. I loved that game on the GameCube. Toadstool Tour was definitely in my rotation. I used to play it with an X all the time when we were in college. We would just stay in the dorm and throw down on some Toadstool Tour for several hours. That was right around the time we were playing Animal Crossing all day too. But, um, man, what a great game. Still probably my favorite Mario Golf
1: game. One game that I'm looking, I actually don't, I don't think we're playing anything from the soundtrack, but it deserves its own showcase. Uh, one game I would really like to play, but I, I haven't, is uh, Eternal Sonata, Ooh. which is... We have played um, a few
0: things from that soundtrack on this podcast before, though.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I it's love a musical that soundtrack. RPG. Yeah, I love uh, that game. It came out in 2007, um, and it is uh, based on the life of uh, famed composer Frederick Chopin. Mm-hmm. And just really, really cool. Nice crossover there of some of my interests and... Um, some of that almost made it onto the classical music episode I did earlier this year, but then I thought if anybody has really heard classical music in games, that's probably one of the games that they know it from. So right. I specifically avoided it, but but yeah, um, some great stuff. Great stuff. the Golden Sun games, of course, which we need another installment of. <laughs> Come on, yet another series Nintendo is sitting on. Yeah, but, one of the many. And then when I heard that he had done work on Dark Souls, I was actually like like blown away because that to me felt so different than. And it's so good. It is. Like you yeah. knew
0: I was going to have something from Dark Souls when when we put. Like you just knew I would go there. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. But that's why so I didn't bother good. on mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Like in any of these episodes, you know you're going to have some tales. You're going to have some um some Golden Sun, some Star Ocean, and some Dark Souls. Those are the givens. Uh, almost brought something from Kid Icarus Uprising, which of course is like uh, a dream team. You know, yeah, we've every, already mentioned in major this podcast, composer. Koshiro and, and it's Mitsuda. Like, it's like Smash Bros, but not. Yeah, in <laughs> a single, you know, and even even with Sakurai involved. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yep, that man he he definitely has connections for sure. Yeah, dude. Um, so, as far as you know, what was your You mentioned um, Tales of Destiny, I think it was. Was that your first Sakuraba game that you ever played? Uh, That I knew who he was,
0: yes. Okay, so you did play
1: Ernest Evans before that? I did
0: play Ernest Evans, yeah, on the Genesis. Okay, wow.
1: Yeah. I've never even uh, heard of Ernest Evans.
0: It was was at a video store. Uh, I think the video store at the time was called First Row Video in my hometown, and they had Ernest Evans, and I rented it for... Four nights, one weekend. Um, I don't know that I ever finished it. I don't even know that I actually enjoyed it, to be honest. It was I was young. I got my Genesis (laughs) in ninety-three. Um my uncle got one when they first came out, and I used to play his all the time with him. And then I finally got my own in ninety-three for that Christmas year, and I remember because this came out in ninety-two. So this was honestly one of the first games that I ever played once I got my Genesis. And it was, it was all right. I mean, I thought it was cool at the time, right? Because I had a brand new console and playing things that I hadn't heard of before because I was always just strictly Nintendo up to that point with the SNES and the NES. And I guess the Atari with my grandma because she had an Atari when I was little. But, yeah. um, you know, this was my introduction to everything Sega and everything that was different that wasn't Nintendo. And I loved it then. But looking back now, it's nothing spectacular. But the soundtrack is really damn good.
1: That's really cool. You know, looking at this, I guess maybe because Sakuraba's crossover fame didn't really happen until later, um, actually during the era of video games that I kind of took a hiatus from. Um, my, I don't think I played a Sakuraba game until after I knew who he was. Oh dang. And uh, it wasn't until I downloaded Golden Sun on the Wii U, um, the, the, the GBA version on the Wii U, that I um, actually played the soccer rabbit title. I'm looking at these because I never played the Mario Golf or Mario Tennis games, for That's whatever reason. Shocking. I've never really been into like sports video games, even eh, even okay. cartoony sports video games like like those games. Uh, a couple of early rare exceptions like Arch Rivals on the NES, but. Other than, and Wii Sports, but other than that, like I've never really played any sports games. Well, and wrestling, but you know that's a sure. whole other thing. But well, totally different. Um, but yeah, so I uh, I don't know, I don't know, but I it's one of those weird things where I I don't have a lot of personal in-game experience with him, but I just love his music so much, and it's so strong. And one of the things that I really like about
0: him is that uh, he leans a lot into the prog Rock that mm-hmm. he was such a big oh, yeah. fan of, and obviously he had his own band back in the day, um, Clashed Ice. They Clashed formed in 1984. Yep. Yeah, his prog Man. Rock band. What an. And we're going to we're going to hear heat heat a lot of that. Did in this episode i I know for sure i think in your next block maybe two of your tracks i don't know your third but i know two of your tracks in your next block and i'm pretty sure they go in that direction
1: yeah i uh i think there's gonna be there's gonna be some in there and i'm trying to see here um sakuraba was mentioned on a few different podcasts for masters of vgm and it's taken me a second to log back in because i haven't dusted off that site in a while um (laughs) Uh, although there does seem to be a buzzing of interest in doing it again next year so um, I don't know exactly what form it's going to take but we we have some folks that are interested in coming back next year for more masters of VGM so um, Sakuraba got four votes total uh, across the podcasts yeah that's good it's actually not bad yeah um, there were only one two three four so he was tied with um, with the Fallens for basically fifth place um because we had yuzo was well koshiro was first Shimomura was second uematsu was third kondo and kaufman were tied for fourth and then sakuraba and the fallen brothers were tied for fifth so yeah solid so list. he was up there yeah solid, solid list, list for sure so but man that's has uh, been a lot of chatter uh anything anything else to add in about sakuraba before we get into my first block of tracks
0: no let's kick to the block and then if we have anything else we'll we'll fill in as needed
1: cool 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 i wanted to go a little retro here at first so these are the oldest tracks on my playlist and I think most of the oldest ones across the list, except you got Ernest Evans a little bit later, like you mentioned. But we're gonna start things off with uh, some PC-88, which I am more and more just really excited when I find these things because there's some good stuff on the PC-88. This game was also released on the Mega Drive in Japan, and I listened to both versions and I actually think I prefer this one. They were both pretty good, but I think I prefer this one. Uh, This is from Zan Yasha Inbu Kyoku. This game was released in 1990, and we're going to listen to Intro, composed, of course, by Motoi Sakuraba. take a listen to fighting of the spirit from tales of fantasia released december 15 1995 and composed by motoi sakuraba Sending out my first block, we are going to take a listen to For Achieve from Star Ocean, released July 19, 1996 and composed by Motoi Sakuraba. Coming back from my first block, we are first going to talk about intro from Zan Yasha Inbu Kyoku. And, uh, yeah, man, this from 1990, this was uh, on the PC-88 and this was an impressive looking game. We actually, the intro came from a, we were watching a YouTube video of the actual introduction of the game. And it was a nice cinematic opening with lots of dudes getting sliced in half
2: (laughs) heck yeah man
1: nice
0: samurai going around with his sword or what are they called Uh, katana uh, katanas or yep yeah going out there just slicing people in half and three at once showing his strength (laughs) what a cool track though man talking prog rock what a damn cool track
1: yeah man this uh, like you said this um you mentioned it before and then again while we were listening this whole block was really proggy and um the first the first track uh, they each made me think of other things some of which came after some of which were kind of contemporary with him this one um really reminded me of some of koji kondo's prog rock influenced tracks specifically there were parts of it that reminded me of the baby bowser battle from yoshi's island um, which is one of my favorite tracks of all time. Um, but yeah, this was really fun. And I like the slow kind of opening that builds up to when it just really takes off a little bit before the minute mark.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this was a really cool track, one that I hadn't actually heard before and not one that I explored when I was putting together my list of picks, I guess, for this episode. Um, yeah but I kind of want to go and check out the rest of the soundtrack after hearing this now because this was really cool
1: It's pretty cool I, I did listen through to the whole thing on okay. one of those sites I don't remember which one but um, and then I, I ultimately came back to this one and if you didn't already have an intro picked I would have picked this one but I'm kind of glad you didn't because this one you know it has that opening that's very different from the rest of it and so I'm glad we got to kind of play it in the in the episode proper right but yeah
0: it's good stuff. Really good stuff, man. I enjoyed this
1: one and a uh, a solid pick
0: for one of his earliest games that he worked
1: on. Yep, I uh, did mistakenly say that I thought this was the earliest. <laughs> uh, you've one got of the earliest, later, as I we'll, do. <laughs> as we'll talk about soon.
0: <laughs> I have his <laughs> second ever game that he did on my list, actually. Yep. So this the first game, however, been... was another Zan, another Zan game. By the way, the first game he ever worked on. Oh, okay. What was okay, Zan cool, cool. Kogiro Notoki? So this is the second be...
1: in the series. Zan must be like a pre existing, I would think, a Japanese property because there's much worked it was, Three, Maybe it was made for like four. games specifically, but it feels like this feels like something that has more lore behind it. So I don't know. Um just know. by himself, he's composed seven Zan games. And This series has not, as far as I know, made it to the West. So No, <laughs> none of
0: them have. That would be none of them have.
1: Play, I have never heard of them and it, it man it looks so Japanese like <laughs> it does
0: I would play <laughs> it
1: if I oh had yeah. the chance I would play it well I mean you know Shenmue also looks really Japanese when I look at Ooh, it and what a damn good game Shenmue man, is come on now what a following what a following over here but, give me Matoi Sakuraba yeah. working on Shenmue <laughs> oh man team up with uh, Yuzo Koshiro again yeah <laughs> yeah So this would have uh, come out when Sakuraba was working at Wolf Team, which was, I believe, the first studio that he that he worked at out of university. Um, It was at university that he started to really get into music composition. That's when, as you mentioned, he joined, um, helped to found Clashed Ice. Uh, which we I saw while we were listening was later renamed deja vu which coincidentally I remembered reading that once once I read it <laughs> um, and uh, their their only studio album was called Baroque in the future I have Ooh, listened okay. to that album which was composed entirely by Sakuraba and it's it's really cool it's good stuff. Um, all of his other stuff that he's albums he's released were solo, but this one was was his band. Uh, but yeah, um, after that or during that time, um, concordant with that, he was working at wolf team, which is where he oversaw, uh, among other people, Yasunori Matsuda um and then later on some of the founders of wolf team left and joined camelot or founded camelot mm-hmm. and that is where Sakuraba later on uh, went to do things like mario golf which we've already played and some of the other things that we'll be talking about um doing a pause and mention here if anybody notices i sound kind of scratchy tonight i have been fighting off allergies and sinus stuff and all kinds of things for like two weeks now uh that is the time of the year when for three days in Texas, it'll be in the 70s and 80s. <laughs> and then for three days, it'll be in the 30s and 40s. And my voice just can't take it. So, yeah, there we go. I'm sounding extra gravelly tonight. <laughs> hey. The fans like the gravelness. I tell you, man, I was listening to KBGM recently and uh, Hammock was getting over a cold and he sounded sexy as hell, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's it's funny what that Clip does. It. So.
0: Send it to him. Let him know. <laughs> Bedrock
1: thinks you're sexy. That's right. Oh, I already told him, man. We're on like, oh, good. like four okay. different discords together. So oh, good. I, I okay. told him. <laughs> Glad he knows. <laughs> yep. For sure, man. <laughs> hammock is my brother from another mother he's actually originally from texas too so oh, nice. um, he, he moved about as far away from it as he could get and still be in the states but he was originally from not too far where i um from where i live now so
0: oh, that's actually really cool but nice. moving
1: on speaking of somebody who doesn't live too far from where i am now uh tales of fantasia this this track fighting at a spirit was actually chosen by um, yeah, lives in the same um as was the next track yep yep for at least a little while longer until she goes to college um and uh but yeah uh so shoots history with sakuraba um she got tales of symphonia one year and i think even before that she really liked a lot of the videos she had seen of symphonia on youtube and so but that one that one she got for christmas one year because she had asked for it and um, she just fell in love with Symphonia. She's probably played it through like three or four times and uh, she loves the music. It's one of her favorite soundtracks ever. This track, Fighting at a Despair, people are probably like, why are you talking about Tales of Symphonia? Well, this is Tales of Fantasia. Well, this track was in both games and Tales of Fantasia is actually the second of the Tales games that Shu um went back and played. Okay. I think she's playing of the Tales the of Vesperia. Yeah, this was the first one. I think right now she's playing Tales of Vesperia. Okay. Great. Pretty game. sure it's Vesperia. Um, but yeah, Fantasia. She went back and played through and um, noticed that this track was originally in Tales of Fantasia and decided to pick this version for the show. And I'm really glad because this mm-hmm. is good stuff, man. This... It's really good stuff.
0: Tales music is always strong, man. And that's. One of the things that has held it together, even when some of the Tales games have not been gameplay strong, the music <laughs> has always yeah. been strong and, and carries it through. And what's cool is that Woof team, you know, we were talking about them with that Zan track mm-hmm. there, they would eventually go on to become Namco Tales Studio, like the actual studio that was made their living in namesake off of Tales of before they got merged into just bandai namco entirely
1: yeah, yeah yeah it was really cool like a like a second party kind of situation um yeah almost where they got before they got subsumed um but yeah man and uh it's really cool that sakuraba has so many series that he is really stuck with for all this time because a lot of the other composers we talk about you know their series kind of later on get co-opted by others um you know koshiro with ease um and even streets of rage to an extent uh when it came back it was somebody else um Shimomura has kind of gone come in and out of series like street fighter and mana um and even uematsu and kondo are no longer doing yeah. all of the uh the music for the the series that they pioneered Um, Sakuraba is a little bit more like, um, Koichi Sugiyama in this way, that he is still doing these tracks. And it would feel weird if somebody else did a Star Ocean or a Fantasia or a Tales game. Yeah. Like
0: literally within the last two years, he did Mario Golf Super Rush in 2021. Mm -hmm. He did Tales of Arise last year. And then yes, this year he did Valkyrie Elysium and Star Ocean, the Divine Force.
1: Yeah. It's, it's crazy. This, this man is one of the most prolific composers. Um, uh, he's up there definitely maybe even more than Koshiro and Shimomura who also both have a really deep discography but Sakuraba may take the cake of those those top BGM masters that we talked about. I
0: think he has like in terms of series that I'm familiar with and that I've played like he's got the most extensive catalog in terms of the amount of stuff that he's actually worked on and released. Yeah.
1: And, and especially, like you said, considering the fact that there are so many different series that he is kind of exclusively yeah. really, um, connected to. It's it's quite impressive. And, it's really cool. And he's had some other, you know, um, there have been some other people involved with him. He he collaborates quite a bit. Uh, the Tales games, it looks like he's, he works with like Shinji Tamura quite a bit on those Tales games and i don't know how much of that is like a co-composer relationship and how much of it might be like a programmer or arranger type relationship but um shinji tomura looks like his most frequent collaborator and uh, ryota furuya is another one i see on this list quite a bit but um you know, we're talking about these other series that he is well known for, and that kind of moves us into the third track, which is also a Shuka Pau pick and a major classic for Sakuraba's oh, library. For it's, Achieve. It's up
0: there, man. It's up there as one the of his The battle theme best. from Star Ocean. One of his best. Mm-hmm. Oh, Now, so I have
1: good. no experience with Star Ocean, but you have got some, some kind of love for this series going back. Played so, them all. talk about and, it. and
0: Man... I have a love-hate relationship with this series um, (laughs) because it started off so strong with Star Ocean and then the second story and then till the end of time, the third game. And then it just took a nosedive, man. Like, it just went in a complete bad direction with The Last Hope and then the abomination that was Integrity and Faithlessness. And now the Divine Force is kind of maybe bringing it back to an extent i mean the divine force i'm still in the middle of this one i have not finished it yet it is something that i am currently still playing i actually was playing it a little bit i mean you're still playing it that's a good sign i'm still (laughs) playing it yeah my roommate justin has finished it and absolutely loved it and thought it was the best since three uh, which is saying something so i do think that the series could continue i was a little worried because you know that credit to Square Enix they have not given up on Star Ocean they've given up on a lot of other things but they've mm-hmm. not given up on Star Ocean and this was actually well this not this one but the divine force was developed by TriAce who's been working on the series for a long time they actually did Um, develop this Star Ocean as well now that I'm thinking about it on the Famicom not the PSP version but the Famicom version the one that we're listening to they actually did develop so the same studio still behind the series to this day and if this one didn't sell well there were rumors that they were pretty much done so I'm hoping that it does well because I'd like to see the studio continue they've always been really strong Um, but what a classic track man and what a block of, of basically prog rock. I really enjoyed that.
1: Yeah, and Triace uh, is another company that splintered off of Wolf Team. Yes. And which Sakuraba continued to be, you know, to have a good relationship with because of his time at Wolf Team. Looks like uh, Shinji Tomura was also a composer from Wolf Team that um, kind of moved over with Sakuraba. And it's cool that he was able to maintain these relationships with these different companies because he had gotten in on kind of the ground level, so to speak. And uh, TriAce went on to do quite a bit of work with Square and with Enix, right? Yes, absolutely. Because um, is Valkyrie Profile, is that also TriAce and is that a Square thing too?
0: Uh, so, yes, Valkyrie Profile was developed the. Um original game was developed by tri ace i think elysium okay. may have been somebody else but i don't know who actually uh soleil it was soleil that developed valkyrie elysium okay okay cool cool which i don't know what else they've done i'm sure there's stuff that i've heard of but i don't know uh valkyrie elysium project Edo. i've heard of project Edo uh, i don't think it's out yet vengeance is Mind, wanted dead oh they've not done much this is a Newer studio
1: okay interesting. it kind of took over on that, but yeah, yeah. Tri, tri- um, has
0: developed Valkyrie profile for the first three games cool,
1: okay, and it looks like yet another sort of splinter company um tri crescendo um, Tri
0: crescendo is another big one actually they they helped on uh symphonia if I'm not mistaken,
1: yeah, it looks like it. they were also involved with uh Baton Kaitos and, Kytos and mm-hmm. eternal sonata, so yep yeah so cool lots of lots of cool things coming from from wolf team and uh sakuraba continued to be involved with all of them but yeah, so we've uh, got some PC-88 and some SNES that we just played. Um, oh, another cool thing about that that Fantasia version of Fighting in the Spirit was you could hear some of the, the synth influence and some of where Sakuraba's roots were in in the, the sounds chosen for that soundtrack. Because even though it was a SNES soundtrack, it had some FM sort of grunginess to it, was the way you put it. it kind of like that grittiness, that sort of... Roboticness that I associate more with the Genesis than with right. the SNES. Absolutely, so,
0: and the cool thing about my block coming up is that it features two Genesis games.
1: I am actually. so excited, man! It's so cool that when when stuff like that happens just organically, because you and I don't talk about these things beforehand at all. It's no, I send never. you my tracks. Just when you we sit down and record the tracks, night, yeah, we've never really talked about it. <laughs> yeah. Very rarely will, like, your order influence mine or vice versa. It just kind of happens that way, which is cool. Yep. Works Crazy out well and think uh,
0: shows that we work well together, so I think that's a positive thing. But yeah, my, my yeah, last maybe. two tracks of this coming up block are from the Genesis, and my track that's going to kick things off is actually from the Sharp X 68000 awesome can't wait yeah kind of like you and your PC 88 we'll go a little bit different here even though the PC eight's not really different the sharp x 68000 I would consider pretty obscure I think
1: but uh, <laughs> well, you know for a podcast that's played in as many countries as this one is we got to be cultured man we got to be diverse gotta be diverse you know there's gonna be a year when spotify releases it's wrapped where
0: we're in every country we're getting there we're getting there we are, even the we countries
1: are... that don't have spotify <laughs> yeah we're gonna find a way
0: we're going to find a way. I want every how the other 200 something. I want to see everybody on that list.
1: Make it yeah, happen. Look at that. <laughs> we even have two listers in Vatican City, man. <laughs> Heck yeah. Heck yeah. The Pope's uh, a dude. big fan, from what I understand. Absolutely. Big fan of BG Mania. We, we, yeah. we know he loves megalomania. so <laughs> Shout out to the Pope. That's really um,
0: <laughs> but let's go ahead and kick. To my first block, which does feature an older game than Zanyasha and Bukyoko, or Yoku. It is his second game that Matoi Sakuraba ever worked on. So we will jump to Hobbit Kid from Arcus 2 Silent Symphony. This released in 1989, and of course it was composed by Matoi Sakuraba. Next, let's take a listen to Temple, otherwise known as Stage 5 theme from El Viento, released September 20th, 1991 and again composed by Matoy Sakuraba. Closing out this block, we're going to take a listen to Stage 1 from Ernest Evans, released in 1992, of course composed by Matoy Sakuraba. Coming back in, we are talking about Hobbit Kid from Arcus 2 Silent Symphony, again from the Sharp X68000, a, a game that i not really heard of ever. Um, I just was exploring, you know, the earlier games on Sakuraba's list and was listening to some of the soundtracks of ones that I picked out that, you know, this one never did release outside of Japan. I think this is the only one I have that was exclusive to Japan, but I really liked this one, man. It's kind of different from what we're used to hearing. And I think that kind of exists throughout this first block that I brought, right? It's not the traditional Motoi Sakuraba that you're used to hearing.
1: Yeah, which I love because it shows his range Which is one thing I have heard some people say about Sakuraba is that he doesn't have as much range as somebody like a Shimomura or a Koshiro. And there's something to be said for that, but I mean, I mean, this shows that he does, but I also think that he just knows what he does and he does it well. And there is some diversity within that style. Um, but it is definitely a distinct style that Sakuraba has.
0: Absolutely, and this one is more fun, more bouncy, right? More energetic, yeah, I, 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 I think, in, in than innocence. some of his yeah, other... Is yeah, the innocence is a word. Yeah, innocence is a word to use yeah kind of came to, to it. me. Yeah.
1: Um, And you can also tell it's somebody who's got, like, rock roots, but who's also trying to, like, build some of the classical influence into his track. This and the next one, I think both had a little bit of that. Um, this one I think was a little bit, which interesting because it came out first, but this was a little more skillfully done, I think, than the next track we're going to talk about, but some of that may also just be the Sharp. I mean, these systems, these PC systems, in some ways were, uh, audio-wise, were capable of more than even some of the earliest consoles were. Uh, like those chimes at the beginning would have been hard to pull off on even an SNES uh, without some some real work. So, but this is a really really clean sound and just really fun, really nice way to start out the block.
0: Yeah, and a, and a you know unfortunately I couldn't find anything from the first game that he ever worked on, which was another one in the Xan series. But for being his second only contribution to the industry back when he was, you know, just a small town boy living in a lonely world, um, really great first impression.
1: Yeah. Let's see. Doing the math we usually do, 65. He would have been 24, 24 when he wrote 24. this. Yeah. So, yeah. Not as young as Koshiro, but still. Yeah. <laughs> it's 17 um, years old, pumping out absolute freaking bangers. But still, man, <laughs> younger than, uh, than I would have been writing something like this. That's... It's good stuff, dude, and yeah like I said nice way to start out the track um, also have to mention uh, c- calling this Hobbit kid has to be a translation thing um, because yeah, you were talking about Hobbit, that yeah <laughs> H- Hobbit is trademarked by the Tolkien estate uh, unlike halfling which was a more generic term the Tolkien borrowed but Hobbit was invented by Tolkien and so and I know the estate like cracks down on this kind of thing so I don't know maybe the maybe the translation helped but <laughs> the fact that it was in Japanese and so they couldn't like easily find it but I don't know but <laughs> This was yeah, really I wonder cool, what the man. name of
0: the track was in
1: Japan. Wonder if I can f- find that real quick. Let's see here.
0: Um
1: I wonder what this game was about. You know what kind of game it was? I anything have no about it at all?
0: I have, I have no idea.
1: Uh Wikipedia says oh. it is
0: a well it didn't say anything. It says it was co created by the uh, Narumi Kaki no, Noichi, co creator of creator Vampire of Vampire Princess Mew. Yeah. Uh literally there's nothing on this game, dude. On wikipedia that's wow crazy. So, okay genre K- adventure Cage Insider. <laughs> has it listed as hobbit kid as well um interesting okay i wonder what Zofar or yeah Zofar has it listed as let's
1: see and those might be again this might hobbit be like kid? the official yeah. english translation of the title um, it has to be yeah i guess so yeah i mean phonetically could you know in japanese could just be hobbit so um yeah that's Cool stuff, though, man. Cool stuff. And a really different sound from from that second track in your block.
0: Yeah. So we move into the Temple stage or stage five from El Viento, which surprisingly did release in North America back in 1991. Came out in Japan on September 20th. This released in North America sometime in 91.
1: Uh, it's a platform Viento, game. By the way, one of these names, one of these I actually do remember, Viento is wind in Spanish. Yeah, the wind. Uh-huh. The wind. The wind. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, which makes sense because we saw a lot of elemental magic in this game. Yeah, this game looked really
0: cool. The YouTube video we were watching while listening to it was highlighting some of the gameplay from this game. And I could tell that it clearly got influence from some of the early Castlevania games, I think.
1: But yeah, those kind of games. Yeah,
0: it looks like a lot of fun to play.
1: It really does. It looks like it controls well. The stage design looks pretty good. The magic system looks really nice because you can like seamlessly move between different types of elemental magic. And it looks like your magic bar refills when you're not using it, kind of like a stamina bar would in later days. Which is really nice. Yeah, that's a really, yeah, that's a really cool way to do that, especially because it looks like you're using magic all the time in this game so it would be really annoying to have to find stuff to refill that right but (laughs) but the sprite animation in this game looks really good when um the lead character when she jumps and turns around in the air you know in a lot of games like this they would just kind of turn it would be like a sprite flip but it actually has like five different sprite animations going through as she turns and it's just really cool um I'm going to use a word to describe this track that I don't trot out very often because I think it's overused. And I think a lot of (laughs) I don't try this word out very often. A lot of people use it when they don't know exactly what they want to say or even worse when it's like a euphemism. They can't think of anything good to say, but they don't want to say anything bad. This is the most interesting track that we have played so far. Um, Okay on this episode. And I say that because there is some real skill in the composition here. Um, That intro, the song's in 6-8 time, but the intro has syncopated a rhythm to it so that it doesn't quite sound like it is. It's it's very proggy, um, the way that it opens up with those drums, um, but it also I feel like there, there tries to be some like classical influence to the structure of the melody in this track, that doesn't always work the way I feel like the composer would have wanted it to. And I'm not in Sakuraba's head, of course. You know, you don't even know anything about this, um, but and this was very early in what his career. You were? What if you were just 100 percent right? eternal sunshine of sakuraba's mind yeah that would be that would be really cool um but it it sounds like somebody who's still kind of getting his feet under him trying out different things which I think is a really cool like, glimpse into this part of his compositional life. Um, still a good track. Like, I really enjoyed it. And it's one I would go back and listen to again. I actually made you stop and restart it while we were listening because I wanted to hear that intro again. But yeah, cool track.
0: And it also doesn't really sound like a traditional... Genesis-sounding track does. It's a lot clearer. Or a traditional
1: Sakuraba track. Yeah, it is. It's, very it's true. a lot cleaner. Very true, yeah. Yeah, technically very, very well done for Genesis, especially around this, this time. Yeah, absolutely. It's Far Cry from X-Men. <laughs> oh,
0: of course, of course, yeah. I mean, there's, there yeah. were better things. <laughs> but this is definitely a lot of, you know, difference in it when it came to what was actually releasing back in, you know, 91 when this came out mm-hmm. on the Genesis, where a lot of things sounded very a lot more grungy to use that word again and a a lot more similar to each other and this one does not have that sound
1: yeah still got those uh, that that drum sound it's a very sonic drum font Um, and of course um, uh, Masato Nakamura was going for a very different style in the Sonic games but um, this has got some uh Again, musically, it's both a little more sophisticated, I think, than what a lot of people were doing. But again, still, amateur is not quite the right word because it's not amateur, but it's somewhere in between. Um, But really cool. And I'm looking, as we're listening to the song again, I'm looking at the video again. And again, this animation just—I gotta show this to Diad because he's kind of a sprite in animation, dude. And the way that when she runs and jumps, her bandana is just like flowing behind her. Flowing, yeah, in the wind, yeah, in the el viento. Yeah, like yeah, and like when the gargoyles (laughs) jump off their little (laughs) plinths here, their wings flapping and everything—it's just—it's this is a really, really good-looking game. It is, man. Definitely encourage people to check this out.
0: What's cool is that I set up the block this way, too, because my next game, the last one we're going to talk about, is actually set in the same universe as El Viento. Really? Yeah. Okay, yeah. For some, some weird reason, these two games share the same, like, fictional universe. Uh, El Viento happened several years after Ernest Evans does, but they are part of the same universe.
1: Okay, you got to tell me a little about Ernest Evans because we buried the lead here. What What is up with this game? You mentioned that you weren't sure you really loved it, um, but you did yeah, play it. I so did what play is, it. What is this game?
0: So we're talking uh, Stage 1 from Ernest Evans, again by Matoi Sakuraba, and it is a 2D, like, you know, traditional side-scrolling, kind of not platformy but kind of platformy, very similar to what we saw with El Viento. Um, okay. You know, kind of that same... Castlevania inspired gameplay, but not nearly as strong as what it looked like in that Elviento gameplay footage, and not nearly gotcha. as advanced. You had a whip, you know, uh, in, in Elviento, she was using a lot of magic there, and, and you do have um, a couple different weapons that you can use in Ernest Evans, but your whip is your main weapon. Uh, the other ones generally only serve a purpose for like one specific area or to solve like one specific puzzle to unlock a different section of the map or whatever but um, it's it's just a basic adventure game that tried to copy Castlevania and I kind of wish I would have played El Viento more than than Ernest Evans now that I've seen Elviento, I didn't know what <laughs> El Viento was until again this is the one I yeah discovered by putting this episode together, but knowing now that these games share a universe and that they are very similar games, I do think that one's probably the stronger of the two, based on my having experience with Ernest Evans.
1: Yeah, I might have to go track down um, a way to play El Viento and give it, give it a go, because it looks Ernest like a Evans lot Ernest
0: Evans is set in the 30s.
1: In the 1930s. 30s. 1930s, okay. yeah, 1930s. Interesting, okay. Because, I mean, Elviento looked like it didn't even happen in, like, this universe. Like, it looked like it's only, like, a fantasy world or something. Right, and it takes place um, several years later
0: after Ernest Evans, so.
1: Interesting, um, so, yeah.
0: What, uh, hang on, let me read you. So, we didn't do this when we were talking about El Viento, but let me tell you what Wikipedia has listed as the plot for El Viento. Okay. The game takes place in New York City During the late that makes zero sense So Wikipedia has Ernest Evans Set in the 30s right But it also mm-hmm. says that El Viento Happens several years later However the game takes place in New York City During the late 1920s Which is completely opposite <laughs> from what it says Okay. When, when cult leader Henry <laughs> Wikipedia. The gangster Al Capone and a sorceress Whoa. named Restiana plot to awaken the ancient and malevolent <laughs> god Astur. So Al Capone's up to some shit, man, in New York City in the 20s trying with to a, resurrect dead gods. Sounds like, this sounds game like takes, a yeah.
1: hairy turtledove book or something. So apparently <laughs> this universe
0: borrows a lot from Lovecraft's uh, Cthulhu mythos.
1: Ah, so. uh, okay, okay makes sense with the gargoyles i wonder what kind of cthulhu eldritch monster you fight in these games but <laughs> but this to talk about the track this track is almost the opposite of the one we just heard because it's very straightforward yes it's very simple it knows exactly what it wants to be and it is that which i think i described it as like this is every 90s action game that was not like capcom or konami oh yeah had this sort of just driving forward 90s rock sound to it
0: it sounds similar even though you probably have never heard it before it sounds familiar because a lot of other things had this sound and this is a more traditional early 90s Genesis sound than Elviento was.
1: So it makes sense yeah and because you said this also is a more not necessarily traditional, but a more straightforward, correct side scroller. Yes, than what it looked like Elviento was from the El gameplay. Elviento
0: looked like it had a lot more going on, man. A lot more variety yeah. in the gameplay Ver- and a lot more vertical. Yes, I was gonna say I traversal think, yeah. with like climbing up those pillars and stuff that she was doing. Yeah, really cool.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, really really cool block. I enjoyed that quite a bit. And what I like about
0: how we set this episode up, so, you know, taking out the intro with Mario Golf Toadstool Tour, our last six tracks we've played have all been very retro sounding, right? Mm -hmm. And for the rest of the episode, we're about to move into more modern Motoy Sakuraba.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I'm excited here. This is, uh, so we're going to open up this block with the third, no, open up this block with my um, second pick. And then oh, I thought you third. meant second in the series. Sorry. Oh, no. Nope. And then the third Shoot Kapow pick is going to be the middle track. Uh, probably Shoot's favorite, Sakuraba Tune, is going to be the middle bl- track of this block. When you submitted your gonna... list,
0: I even sent you. I was like, oh, I, I know Shoot picked that one. <laughs> I just I yeah, knew. Yeah, for
1: sure. <laughs> and um, fun fact, Shoot also, uh, she picked two. I had her pick five tracks because I just knew that some of them you would have already played. I don't remember what one of them was, but the other one was Isaac's Battle Theme, okay. which you have played before. And mm-hmm. then you also brought it this summer to so the Masters of EGM episode. Wanted to get so it I'm in like, there okay. again. <laughs> yep. You can't pick that one. <laughs> you can't pick that one. But, But these three um, she did pick were among her five. So, But speaking of Golden Sun, we're going to start out with Shout out to Golden Gustavo. Sun tune. Shout out to Gustavo. This is from the second game in the series. As you said, Golden Sun... The Lost Age, right? The Lost Age or The Last Age? Anyway. what the are Lost The Lost Age. <laughs> the Lost Age. Thank you. And we'll talk about the game a little bit when we come back. Um, and what I think is one of Sakuraba's like, top 10 tracks ever is from this game. We'll talk about that too. But first, let's go ahead and listen to Walking Forward with Determination from Golden Sun, The Lost Age. This was released April 14th, 2003, and it was composed once again by Motoi Sakuraba. Coming up next is Fatalize from Tales of Symphonia, released July 13, 2004, and composed by Motoi Sakuraba. <laughs> Running out my second block, the longest track of the night, we're going to listen to The Endless Stream from Infinite Undiscovery, released September 2nd, 2008 and composed by Motoi Sakuraba. Coming back from my first block, we are talking about Walking Forward with Determination from Golden Sun, The Lost Age. And man, if this doesn't put you in mind of traversing a wide open fantasy map, I don't know what would, man. This is epic.
0: <laughs> very epic. It's such a good track, man. It's such a good track.
1: Once again, kind of like that Ernest Evans track. Very solid, very well constructed. It knows what it wants to be. And it is It is that, uh, Crank to 11. It's... It's got the those snares that just remind you of a march, which makes sense when you're walking around a map. Um, it is, you know, the the strings and horns just have these kind of long notes. There's like a lot of space, so it gives you that feeling of like traveling over a long distance. Just a really solid track and and very Golden Sun. This this has got that quintessential Golden Sun sound.
0: And you know what also to me, and I mentioned this to you while we were listening to
1: it, it it seems to have some elements of Koji Kondo in there as well. Yeah, I do hear some of that, especially in some of the Zelda games.
0: Yes, absolutely. That's what I was thinking of when I mentioned that,
1: yeah. And Golden Sun is, you know, one of the one of the rare games that was developed by a third-party studio that is a first-party Nintendo property. So, like, Nintendo uh, owns the rights, and and yet all we have had in Smash from Golden Sun, besides trophies and stickers, is one assist trophy. <laughs> Isaac using that, that hand <laughs> magic. I'm telling you, man, they forgot about this franchise. There's a really cool fan-made trailer, like, ultimate reveal trailer for Isaac in Smash, um and it's master hand is like attacking all the characters and then this other like glowing yellow hand comes out and takes master hand down and it's 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 really it's probably the most well-made fan trailer i've seen for a, a you know a brawl reveal uh, i'm mean, not brawl uh, ultimate reveal and it's really cool i think uh, there's a lot of potential in this series isaac is in uh, super smash flash and uh Actually, the stage in Super Smash Flash for Golden Sun is the Phoenix Lighthouse, which or Venus, Venus Lighthouse, which is the track I alluded to earlier. I think Venus Lighthouse is one of Sakuraba's best tracks. It's really, really fantastic. I almost brought that one, but I wasn't sure. And I I didn't take the time to look and see if y'all played it before. (laughs) If not, I might have to bring it to Radio Hour next time. Okay. Um... But I'm going to look right now, because I know you talked about with, you know, Gustavo mentioned we haven't played a lot of Golden Sun. So
0: we haven't played a lot of Golden Sun and there hasn't been a Golden Sun since 2010 uh, in the Dark Dawn release. So it's been 12 years Great now. Great game. And part of me thought, you know, because the DS and, the, you know, I'm surprised they didn't do anything about the 3DS, but like. Now that Nintendo is strictly doing hybrid home console slash handheld consoles with the Switch, and I assume, and I think everybody's assuming, that their next console is going to follow that model as
1: well when it gets revealed yeah.
0: probably next
1: year, I'm sure With shocked. all the success it's had, probably the yeah. safe bet. But yeah, it does seem like it would be prime time.
0: Yeah, I'm shocked they didn't go back to the series for the Switch, because it seems like it would fit so perfectly.
1: Yeah, who knows? Maybe to twenty twenty three will be the year we get another Golden Sun, and maybe finally more more Mother of some kind. You know, we can push in mean one think That hand, would be the end but, of the world, and I don't know that that should <laughs> that happen. Is all in the, one of the signs of the apocalypse. That's like when I mean <laughs> the
0: first sign was twenty fifteen when Final Fantasy seven remake and Shenmue three were both announced at the same time. That was the beginning of the end times, and then if Golden Sun and uh, Mother three released at the same year, I, I would think the uh, you know, Antichrist is upon us.
1: Man, I know stranger things have happened, though. We got a new Pokemon Snap. So I did. <laughs> <laughs> but I did actually just double check. This is the first track that we have played on of Mania from Golden Sun to Lost Age. So There you go. And this game is really cool because it's not really a sequel. It happens concurrently with the first Golden Sun game. Uh, it is. It's another team of adventurers that there's like the, the two plots sort of interact with each other. Um, But then this game, it comes together, and the end of the first Golden Sun is kind of a cliffhanger. You don't really know what's going to happen, but then the Lost Age comes in and kind of finishes the story, uh, you know, starts around the same time, but finishes the story. And then Dark Dawn, which is the one I've actually played the most, is um, the children of the characters from the first two Golden Sun games going on their own quest. And uh, it's really, it's a lot of fun. I like the battle system in Golden Sun. It's really unique. Um, yeah, but it is good. Yeah, it's just, just a cool series. It serves to come back. And I would, I would love to hear more Sakuraba Golden Sun music because it's some good stuff.
0: Well, you would have to assume if it, uh, if it does come back that he will be attached because as we've seen and as we know, looking at his uh, discography, he doesn't yep. abandon series. He, always no, he sticks doesn't. with them.
1: And yet again, another series that uh, he is pretty famous for. And um, it, it looks like this is the only series that we're touching on twice in yeah. the episode. Uh, the table series, Tales of Symphonia and Fatalize. Um, another Sakuraba top 10 for sure. Absolute classic, um, yeah. Shukapao's third pick for the episode. And man, we were trotting out all kinds of comparisons on this one, but... But just that guitar and that trumpet just really take the cake in in your last block the bass i think was the star of the show but in 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 this one man these guitars in Fatalize are just incredible um such a cool it was given me, yeah giving me hard Mega Man x vibes for sure such <laughs> a
0: cool sound i know we also mentioned that specifically like some of the elements of the background in this track would easily fit into mentioning power rangers once again I think would easily fit into something like that. Um,
1: I'm not sure we even mentioned it when we were talking we, we might have been when we were listening. To, to be honest, we, we might, might not have. have. I, don't 4 4 what makes the, <laughs> I don't remember what makes the. I don't remember
0: what makes the what makes the air and what right. doesn't at this point anymore. <laughs> when we're just doing these things, I just know we talk.
1: Yeah, for Achieve from Star Ocean, we thought it had a real Power Rangers sound to it, especially like the the '90s Capcom SNES Power Rangers. But uh, this this one, like you said as well, had some. It would fit really well into a Power Rangers game.
0: And this is the you know I did ha- I had played Tales of Destiny before Tales of Symphonia, but Symphonia is the one that really made me fall in love with Tales and that I had to play every one after that basically as soon as it released. And I'm still doing that to this day, right? I played Arise last year like right when it came out thanks to, I think it was on... Maybe I got a code for it. Might have been on Game Pass. I don't remember. But um, I absolutely loved Arise. I thought it was way better than, you know, some of the pre... Like, Berseria was good, but Arise definitely brought some things back and made it more modern. And I imagine, actually, since Arise released last year, they're usually pretty consistent in how they release and announce Tales games. We're probably not too far off from our next uh, mainline Tales game getting revealed.
1: That would be cool. That'd be cool. Think the Game Awards, maybe? Or you think it's too early or different venue than they usually use? Or...
0: I don't think it would be the Game Awards. I think it would be probably like a state of play or something mm, if they, something like that yeah that,
1: yeah yeah symphonia I, th- I think it's safe to say is the most beloved entry in the series i know for a fact that lloyd irving from tales of symphonia is the most like beloved character yeah, he's from one the of the the most series. popular
0: yeah he's definitely yeah. one of the most popular um,
1: i think that from what Chukapa has told me lloyd has topped the charts in japan for characters that players won in smash um so he's a big deal uh Lloyd is also in, um, in Smash Flash and uh, got those those two swords and um, his magic. I have not yet played Symphonia. I feel like I have because Shukapau told me so much about it. But uh, we do own it. We own the GameCube version. So one of these days, I'll take a crack at it. But, it's a great yeah, game, man, man. This whole, Absolute whole great soundtrack great. is great great game great characters great story great music sheena
0: sheena was probably one of my favorite characters from symphonia Mm -hmm. she's the the one with like the the purplish hair gotcha okay and i don't even know if it's really purple she wears purple i guess her hair is probably like more gray or black than purple
1: but is she on the the cover in this screenshot yeah on the left yeah there's like a bluish violet black i don't know it's it's a not a natural hair color for sure so um it's like when you when you have like dark brunette hair and you dye it blue. That's that's the color it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> but, and and then but then we move on to a game you have actually played but that Ooh, I has. had not really been aware of I'm, I'm sure I'd seen the name because I've seen the Sakuraba Wikipedia list dozens of times but infinite undiscovery was a uh, an exclusive for the Xbox 360 an Amazing. action RPG yeah with um, mixed to high reviews on Metacritic it, it's uh, critics gave it a 68 players gave it a 7.1 so you know we'll call it a 70 an average game But this soundtrack, man, it's got 78 tracks on YouTube. I listened to all 78 of them, at least for a little bit, at least long enough to know if it was unique enough that I wanted to bring it. But there was some really cool stuff on it. In the end, I went with The Endless stream, which I feel like is sort of a retrospective suite at the end of the game. I think it's, like, track 77 out of the 78. (laughs) Um, And also our longest track. It is. You beat a track in my next block by, like, over a minute. Yeah, this is seven minutes and 21 seconds of just pure cinematic symphonic goodness. I'm not surprised
0: this is the one that you landed on, you know, and just knowing what you like and and how... Mm -hmm orchestras and symphonies really kind of play in your wheelhouse this has so many yeah i was telling you this i think would fit in a modern star ocean game as well because toward the end it sounds like a space opera at
1: times to me and that's really interesting because toward the beginning it sounds more like something i would have imagined from a game like Shinmu. it's got this sort of natural swelling swelling like japanese influenced orchestral sound
0: yeah it really does and it blows my mind that this was a 360 exclusive. Like back in a time period where Microsoft was often criticized for not having a lot of Japanese support on the Xbox 360, they did have an exclusive action RPG from Square Enix and TriAce once again. They did Unfinite on Discovery um Mm -hmm, you know it's it's battle system is developed
1: and then uh yeah we published it and yeah it's
0: the battle system was it was real time and it used to like so you had it wasn't like an active time battle system but you did have to make decisions on what you were going to do and those decisions could be made even like if you were trying to look through menus or something the action didn't stop so it was one of the earlier games where everything just kept going regardless of what you were doing but it oftentimes to me it didn't hook me and i thought that it felt more sluggish than it should have for being an action rpg like it didn't have some of the the elements of speed behind it that some of the other stronger action rpgs have like kingdom hearts or star gotcha. ocean even yeah. um and then later I found out that this game was actually supposed to feature a really cool day-night system where Ooh. it was eventually removed before the game got released. But they were going to do things where, like, you know, stealth and certain puzzles and elements of the game would be easier to do at night as opposed to doing it during the day. And I think that would have probably uh, made the game way better, like yeah, more fun to that, play.
1: That, that would have been cool. I wonder if it was one of those situations where it was like taking longer than Xbox really wanted it to to to, like to come out and so they kind of like put pressure on on the developers to alright let's go ahead and and wrap this up guys but but so did did you like control the attacks like did you have to like push a button to attack or was it more like you automatically attacked as long as you were near an enemy like Xenoblade
0: so you did have to hit buttons to do your attacks yeah I mean there was an auto attack like once you started attacking you would keep attacking, but the actual like abilities that you had were assigned to the face buttons.
1: Cuz visually this looked similar to both Xenoblade and some of what I've seen from the Tales games in in now Tales you do have random battles, but then when you're in the battle it is an active battle system. Um so like once you're in the battle you can't really get away from it, I don't think. You're like locked into the battle, but you can move around freely on the field while you're fighting. Um And this looked to me like kind of a cross between those things, but
0: yeah, it's more, it's closer to Tales probably than anything else. Okay,
1: okay, which makes sense, you know, with with the pedigree. But um, the visuals, I will say, look really, really good for a 2008 game.
0: Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad at all.
1: And I know
0: this was the last track you submitted for the episode. The entire soundtrack is really strong, man.
1: It really is. I could have picked any one of like a dozen different tracks that would have been standout tracks, but. I picked this one, like like I was saying, again, like you said, I don't know what makes the air and what doesn't. I feel like it, it's the most unique to the other tracks that we picked because it is like full-on orchestral. It doesn't have that... To me, it doesn't sound like Golden Sun. It doesn't sound like Tales. There are elements of it that I think you can pull from different things. And there were elements of the soundtrack that I think the song would have slotted in to a Golden Sun or a Tails or a Dark Souls. But this track in particular, again, is more of a suite, an orchestral suite. And it's just really shows yet again, this is a word I do try it out quite a bit. It shows a level of sophistication that I was really <laughs> impressed by.
0: <laughs> I agree, man. And I'm so glad I was telling you I'm I'm very glad you picked something from this game because when I was narrowing down my picks I had Infinite Undiscovery as as a game that I was going to pick something from, and I also had Resonance of Fate on my list as well, two games that released on the 360 right around the same time period. Resonance of Fate also released on the PS3, but it was a little surprising that it also came out on the 360, which was cool. <laughs> um, I was going to explore both of those games,
1: but decided to go in a different direction. And
0: the two games that I bumped for these are in my next block.
1: I got to say, man, um, some of these names, like Resonance of Fate, I like. That's cool. Um, Eternal Snada, we already mentioned. I like, I like that title. But like earlier, you mentioned one like infidelity of faithfulness which is like
0: oh star ocean integrity the, the and faithlessness
1: I- integrity of faithlessness that is the most bullcrap title <laughs> it's like one of those things it's like it's like trying to sound really wise and it doesn't mean anything at all <laughs> and this another one like infinite undiscovery that's just you're trying too hard people come on <laughs> like, <laughs> great soundtrack <laughs> underwhelming title <laughs> but man it's it's like Trying to sound so cool, <laughs> and and it's like, and it's like, the everything of nothingness.
0: <laughs> hey, don't give them ideas. You're naming their games I mean, for them for the
1: future. I, actually, that is kind of like a Buddhist idea. So I don't that that that, that may be a real thing, but <laughs> but you know. <laughs> the, the 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 treachery of loneliness i don't know even that sounds a little bit better i'm just, I'm just spitballing <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah like like what you said i got to stop
0: w- kyle was Complaining about some. Games. Oh man, what was it?
1: yeah, Kyle was like s- trashing some of the games that were in, announced in one of these recent Andy directs. Like, uh, um, gosh, some of the stuff that came out this year, I don't even remember because titles were so bad. But stuff like Bravely Default. And,
0: yeah, he hates the name Bravely Default. And what was the one that they just released earlier strategy. this year? Yeah. Um, oh, the 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 Bravely Default team put out that game earlier this year right on the switch what was Mm -hmm. it called Um, I don't remember
1: but it's what kicked off this whole thing and Kyle came up with some names that were just fantastic.
0: <laughs> like some they you, were hilarious. They were, amazing. Wish, they were amazing. I wish I I wish I could remember what the freaking name of that game was. But it's slipping my mind right now. And then there was another one at the uh, the Indie World showcase most recently that was another one that he was complaining about. I'm trying to see if I can at least find that one here real quick.
1: Uh, but even like about... you know Octopath Traveler I'm almost 60 hours in and I'm loving the game to death but that name yeah. Octopath Traveler like what <laughs> I mean, it, I guess it does like triangle strategy. It kind of describes what you're doing there, like bravely default. But still, come on, man. Whatever happened to like, you know, Eternal Sonata, Star Ocean.
0: <laughs> oni, road to be the mightiest Oni. That's the one he was complaining about most recently.
1: Road to be the mightiest Oni. oni. I mean, even that road at to least be has the mightiest some... oni. <laughs> has some consistency to it but but yeah man dude
0: what was that was that so that was I think was that the Nintendo Direct Summer it's gonna bug me now if I don't remember the name of that uh, game that they showed off Various Day Life
1: Various Daylife, yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. What? What a bullcrap name. (laughs) (laughs) Hang on. Now I
0: I have to search that now. Various Daylife. So since we're on the subject, we need to see, like, what else he talked about here.
1: Oh, Kyle was so mad about that. (laughs) He was like... like, uh, so he said,
0: "Various day life, LMFAO. It's so stupid. Hamburger clock man.
1: <laughs> that was it. That was it. Hamburger clock man. <laughs> His alligator doorbutt. Oh, <laughs> Walkie talkie <laughs> spatula. <Walkie-talkie> spatula. <laughs> <laughs> and then,
3: I and then in and with, you came with in some, with, yeah, yeah."
1: intrepid rhinoceros <laughs> uh sainted belay which I, I love i love that one and then uh salacious hippodrome <laughs> i like just, that one too. i was i was just playing word soup at that point <laughs> 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 oh it's so uh, good oh. That was the same Direct when uh, when Pikmin 4 was announced, was. which, shoot, just lost her mind over. She's been doing a lot of Pikmin stuff over on her her channel that's been taken off, and I we think it's because of everybody being hyped for Pikmin 4, and there not being as much Pikmin stuff on YouTube as other games. So Very true. Yeah, it's a good time to take but advantage yeah, of it. Gosh, yeah. And then later on in the conversation, Kyle's like, I would be more excited, and then all caps, if it wasn't named various daylight.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: dude. Hamburger clock man coming soon Alex, Allig- <laughs> alligator doorbutt. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he was so mad about that name <laughs> of all those but of all those names that we talked about the, the stupid like triangle default octopath bravely stuff various day life just has to be that that, that's that's worse than either very generic the integrity of faithlessness or um (laughs) you know infinite undiscovery so i think they would all fit on the same shelf in the library yeah they would they absolutely (laughs) would (laughs) well we have talked enough to uh to listen to this whole track again so what do you say man let's get to your your last block
0: last block of the episode before we close things out and I think I don't know if you're you're probably familiar with the Dark Souls track I brought I don't know if you're familiar with the other two but I have a feeling
1: a little bit a little bit never played a a Souls game but uh, I am familiar with the soundtracks to an extent
0: I think when we come back we might consider this the most epic block on the show today All right, I'm excited then. Let's jump to it and kick things off with Varnir, which is the main title track from Dragon Star Varnir. This released on June 11th, 2019, and it was composed by Matoi Sakurama. Thank you. Next, let's take a listen to Xenofactor from Exist Archive, The Other Side of the Sky. Released October 18th, 2016, of course, composed by Matoy Sakuraba. Uh-huh. And closing out this block, before we close the episode out, let's take a listen to Nameless Song from Dark Souls. This released on October 4th, 2011, composed by Matoi Sakuraba. Coming back in, we are talking about Varnier, the title theme from Dragon Star Varnir, again by matoy Sakuraba, as everything on the show today is. I love how melancholy this track
1: sounds, dude,
0: because that's another aspect of Sakuraba that I really, really dig.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah you did a really good job showcasing some of the different elements of what he can do and putting the lie to the claim that he doesn't have range because man man what a what a spread we have had on this episode and yeah this is sad and mysterious and and a little dangerous toward the middle um really really cool really cool yeah. sound
0: and he didn't do much for dragon star varnier he did the main theme and some of the battle music <clears throat> but a majority of the rest of the soundtrack was Composed by somebody else, I'm not sure who, and this was actually a compile heart game. When this is the same, so the reason I've played this game okay. is because of my love for for that studio after falling in love with Hyperdimension Neptunia. So same studio that makes those games did Dragon Star Vernier. They also, you, you mentioned it while we were listening to it, they're the same studio that works on Fairy Fencer F. Um, I just I wondered, yeah. All yeah, these Death End Request is games. another another one of their series. Um, they did Ark of Alchemist. They did Mary Skelter. So like they have some weird names for their games as well. Frank always makes fun <laughs> of the Hyperdimension Neptunia ones.
1: yeah but they're weird in a different way yeah they're they're weird to be the ones we went on a tangents about yeah hyperdimension
0: (laughs) uptunia knows what it is it's a it's a parody on everything else and
1: they know exactly what they're doing and it's stupid but it it works um it it is interesting that he was essentially a guest composer on this and yet yet they're not highlighting who the main composers were i know That's interesting.
0: That's why I couldn't really dig. I mean, I didn't dig super deep to try to find out, but um, because it's not about them on this episode, it's about Sakuraba. But, yeah, yeah, they only highlighted his name and he didn't even contribute that much to my knowledge of the soundtrack. But what he did do was was really strong in this title theme, I think, is it. You know, it has, and we're going to talk about it. Obviously, you already heard it, but we played this track from Dark Souls. It has a lot of elements of that sound in this particular title theme, and and to be a title theme, right? It's yeah slow. It's very sad, and the game itself is kind of sad.
1: Yeah, kind of an ominous note to uh, start a game on. It's interesting. Compile Heart must be good at getting famous composers in because I think when we played Fairy Fencer F was on no, the, the Uematsu showcase yeah. that we did. We mm-hmm. Uematsu so, yeah. de-
0: composed on that track, or that series, yeah. Again, pretty sure just the title theme, though.
1: You got an interesting uh, sandwich of tracks here, though, man, because when that second track kicked in, I was not expecting it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, so, so I laid this block out, slow, melancholy, hyper speed, and then, you know, (laughs) Dark Souls. Everyone knows Dark Souls. But going to that middle track in Exist Archive, the other side of the sky... We listened to Xenofactor, which this game set out to try to be a spiritual sequel or successor to the Valkyrie Profile series, which Tri-Ace also... I mean, we, we talk Sakuraba, we're going to talk a lot of Triace, and this is another Triace developed game. Um, so a lot of people were, you know, kind of comparing that series to Valkyrie Profile. This is a game that I own on the PS4. It's still on my shelf to my left. Uh, I did enjoy this game. I thought it was really strong, and the soundtrack is just super dope, man. It sounds very similar to this, which in turn, as you mentioned while we were listening to it, sounds very similar to what Sakuraba has done with Tales.
1: Yeah, and most of my experience with Tales is Tales of Symphonia, so that's what what I compared it to. But yeah, it's um, it, this sounds like a Tales battle theme, at least at the beginning. But then it's also got a little bit of, uh, I would say, the Trails series, not to be confused, uh, from Falcom. Uh, it's got a little bit of that feel to it. The cover art on this, uh, this soundtrack that we see on YouTube is also giving me vibes from The Last Story on the Wii. <laughs> oh, you're not
0: wrong in that regard. I could see that. Yeah. yeah another Uematsu but, game,
1: right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I think Maybe. so. Think so. Um, but yeah, man, I loved this track. It was so fun, so good. I, I don't know what my favorite track of the episode was, uh, there were some really good stuff. I, I really liked that opening one from Zanyasha, Inbu, Kyoku. I did too. Um, but also, uh, and I mean, of course, Fatalize is classic, but I don't know. This, this one is a contender. This one is really, really good.
0: good. I'm glad I could. Uh, I like
1: it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I could bring something that
0: you you might consider the the track of the episode. I I mean I think it's fantastic, right? That's why I brought it. But mm-hmm. it, it's so classic Sakuraba too. In a time period it right, exist yeah. archive released in 2015 in Japan. We would get it here in the states in 2016. Um, you know he had been in the industry for over 20 years at that point, right? Like yeah, 25 plus years at that point. And kind of knowing the sound that he's developed for himself and what he's famous for and then taking it and expanding on it, I think, with this track. Right. Because as you mentioned, I think so. Yeah, it it has that Tales feel, but it also does some different stuff there to set it apart and make it stand on its own, which I think is really cool to do.
1: Yeah, definitely goes some different places um yeah really really great sound and like like we said a departure from the one that came before and the one that comes after which i think if I have a feeling if you were picking your favorite track of the episode, it would probably be this next track. It
0: would absolutely be Nameless Song from Dark Souls. Yeah, the track that I closed out my block with there. A Another very slow, very tragic-sounding song. This is the credits theme for Dark Souls.
1: Um, <laughs> See, you mentioned we all know Dark Souls. Uh, I thought I knew the Dark Souls sound, but when I think of Dark Souls, I think of, like, Taurus demon. <laughs> okay, this is uh, you know I think of that Prague goth orchestral rock, but this is a whole other thing, and ag- again very different from a lot of what we have heard tonight. This is just gorgeous, ethereal, haunting. Sadness, beautifully orchestrated, a lot of open space, and it just really lets it breathe and lets the emotion fill in all those musical gaps. Um, really great song, dude. Really, really great stuff.
0: Yeah, it's probably it's probably not my favorite from Dark Souls. We have played my favorite track from the original Dark Souls before on the show because otherwise that would have been what I brought to the episode today, and that would be. Um, Gwyn, Lord of Cinder, I think is probably oh, yeah. the strongest track from the original Dark Souls. That I do
1: know, really great song.
0: I am, and, and yeah. I, I think everybody knows this about me. Outside of JRPGs, which is probably my go-to genre that I always am playing, Souls games are my next big love. Right, like I am a massive fan of From Software. I have been hooked on this formula since Demon Souls on the PS3, carrying it into Dark Souls One, Two, and Three. Obviously, Bloodborne in there. Obviously, Sekiro. And now this year, with the incredible release of Elden Ring, FromSoft is like S plus tier in terms of game development. At this point, it's just absolutely incredible Man. what they do.
1: And how awesome! How awesome would it have been if Sakuraba had composed the music for Elden Ring? Ooh,
0: I see. I that's my my only thing is that he didn't stick. With Dark Souls, did he? Like, they kind of went elsewhere yeah, after. They did kind of. Yeah, like, he didn't actually. It's, it's,
1: it's an odd, it's it's an outlier in that way that he didn't, like, stick with the series. But. Because he worked on Dark Souls 2. He did work on Dark Souls 2 with Yuka Kitamura. Um, okay. And then did Kitamura go on to do Dark Souls 3 or was it somebody else?
0: Kitamura was on Dark Souls 3. Masakuraba still contributed to Dark Souls 3, but he was not featured on Bloodborne, was not featured on Sekiro, was not featured mm-hmm. on Elden Ring, and also yeah. did not compose the music for Demon Souls either. Uh, so okay. I wonder... Now, did Demon Souls come first? Demon Souls was first, yeah. Okay. I wonder if they ever do a Dark Souls 4 if Sakuraba would return.
1: I feel like he would have to do at least like the title theme, you know? Yeah, he does that a lot just the title Um, theme. but It's always a banger. Not to say. I mean, the Elden Ring soundtrack is great. I mean, it was nominated for Game of the Year. Nominated for
0: Game of the Year, for Soundtrack of the Year, for pretty much every category at the Game Awards. Yeah,
1: right. Um, Which everybody knew. That came out, Everybody knew it would be. Oh,
0: yeah. That and and God of War Ragnarok. Those are going to be your two top games. Just
1: like everybody was saying back in March. If anything is going to unseat Elden Ring, it's going to be Ragnarok. And that's their the big they're the big two you know and kyle um, and i and have a
0: very interesting discussion coming up on max level next month or technically this month uh when this episode posts because we'll do our check that out yeah we'll do max our level own awards dude everything's been rolling everything's been posting on time i've told you
1: it's been i'm back it's been doing great man i'm back yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm excited i always tune in i don't listen to max level uh as frequently partly because i don't have as much podcast time and partly because i get jealous because i can't play a lot of the stuff yeah, but i always tune in for your thunderdome thunderdome episodes <laughs> and for the awards episode um, yeah we have a really good stuff a
0: very very interesting discussion coming up on god of war ragnarok versus elden ring you know kyle is still i think leaning toward elden ring but has yet to finish ragnarok and mm-hmm. I myself have platinum two games this year being Elden Ring and God of War Ragnarok. So I've 100%ed both <laughs> of those games
1: and i mean but there's been some there have been some, it, it's this has been a really great year for games um, and i'm not going to give it Stray away just a fantastic yeah. game um the uh xenoblade the rat the rat game sequel has been getting a lot of hype Plague plaguetail um, yep what's it called yeah Tail. uh i still have the original Plague Tale game and i haven't played it yet i'm going to but yeah you're missing yeah, out xenoblade, on a special of course, series
0: there with plaguetail
1: xenoblade is like the, the nintendo frontrunner game for this year um but yeah still still lots of lots of great stuff out there there i was really excited to see stray get some love at the game awards stray's a great game man very
0: great game very very sad game which is why i think i mm -hmm. dug it so much
1: yep 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 um but yeah man uh all these games i want to play and i'll probably get in like 10 years or something like you know just this year these games that have been out for a long time like uh uh, and to the moon that i've just now this year picked up (laughs) um uh, oh, I was gonna, gonna tell you I got some new stuff again. Um uh I got Portal Two um on okay. Thanksgiving because okay. it was like ninety nine cents. Yeah. <laughs> um downloaded uh Comico. You ever heard of that one on Steam? Comico. It it's got this retro kind of look to it. It was on sale. Um K-A-M-I-K-O. I K A M I K O. Okay. And I knew how uh, to spell it, so I think I've heard of it. It's got a little bit of a link to the past. I have heard of it. Um, And I've seen
0: it's on the Switch, too. Um,
1: Yeah, yeah. I've seen this.
0: Yeah, I've seen this. I've not played it, though
1: haven't played it yet it's on my list um when i'm when i get out from under octopath uh which i am now so i've completed the first three chapters for all eight characters and now i'm grinding a bit before i move on to uh cyrus's chapter four cyrus the scholar is the character i chose to be my my hub character yeah um and on the Switch, I also picked up a few things. The Castlevania and Contra anniversary collections were on a really good sale. They might still be, probably not by the time you hear this, so sorry, but I got them for like three forty-nine a piece. Um, finally finished my SteamWorld collection by downloading SteamWorld Quest, Hand of Gilgamek, which nice. I'm excited to get into. Uh, a couple little indie games. Um, there's one called Goodnight Night, which I thought was going to be like Ooh, a link to the past thing. I've Doesn't heard of that. Doesn't control quite like it. I have heard of that. It's fun. It's fun. Um, uh, a really quirky game that I just started that I'm I'm interested in. It's kind of an Earthbound like. It's called Don't Give Up, and um, it's promising to be really cool. That one I would encourage anybody who likes things like Earthbound, Undertale. It's got a lot of DNA from that. Uh, check out don 't give up it looks really cool
0: looking at it now don 't give up a cynical tale
1: yeah it's it 's fun it looks it looks really cool. Look at some gameplay footage and stuff, and I think that'll i think it'll you 'll know when you see the gameplay but it 's got some like really tongue in cheek quirky cynical writing um, a fold apart you familiar with that one
0: ooh a fold apart Kyle was uh, a big fan I think of that concept.
1: Yeah, not surprised. Yeah, not surprised. So a fold apart uh, briefly is um, and obviously we're getting a little off topic here at the end. But a fold apart is about this couple that are um, on like a year long, um, long distance relationship. um, And they've been together for a little while. And it's about how this relationship sort of tests them. Um And kind of they're realizing they might want different things, but they also still want to be together. And it, but it's it's framed around this puzzle type game where you fold the screen and flip the screen around in order to create a platform so that they can traverse these things. And it's it's kind of an obvious metaphor for like working through emotional and mental health issues. It's, right. it's a really, really cool game. Yeah, and that was on a good sale on Switch. And then finally there's a little kind of like puzzle rhythm shooter game um called 64. You familiar with that? No, I don't think so. I've this has been on my Switch wish list, Switch wish list for a while because it's always cheap. Um and it's hard, dude. It's 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 so it's you you control this gun in the middle of the screen, this little cannon. Uh it's all pixelated, very very lo fi And you, um, if you picture a square with openings at the top and bottom and left and right, and these multicolored squares come out of those holes, and the only control in the game is the direction. Like the D-pad, boat sticks, and the A, B, X, Y buttons all just make you shoot in a certain direction it's called uh,
0: 64 like the number six yeah, the just number the numbers 64 six, I cannot even find it on Nintendo's website or
1: six, four point zero, maybe maybe look that up but it's on switch I don't know if it's on anything else um, I, can't, I cannot find this. I'll find a, I'll find a link for you. Uh, but <laughs> um, you can shoot up, down, left and right. And the background is always a particular color like maroon or purple or blue or green. And the squares that come out of the holes are they will either match that color or they will be a different color. I found it. You have to shoot the squares of the same color. And not shoot the other ones. Um, the same color squares are quote bad guys, and the other ones are good guys. And it's it's very hard. It's very fast paced. It's unforgiving and it's addictive as <laughs> heck. It's um, if if you have good reflexes, which I really don't, but if you have good reflexes and you like fast paced games with banging music, try it out. With it's a really, very really cheap,
0: primitive looking style, like very early oh, video games. It. I did find it. yeah.
1: Yeah, it looks like it is also on Steam. Um, but yeah, uh, at, at least if you look at it and it doesn't look like your thing, at least check out the soundtrack. Uh, Rainbow Dragon Eyes of okay. the Messenger Fame yep. did a couple of tracks on this, but a lot of different people contributed to it. It's it's really good stuff.
0: Nice. It sounds like you had a good haul. All I picked up over the last uh, last time since we sat down was Soul Hackers Two on a Black Friday sale.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. I um kind of went a little crazy on Steam and. And switch over over this holiday, and, but I'm excited because I'm getting back into games a little bit and trying to make some more time good to play. And it's been a lot of fun. Really enjoyed Infernax last month. Nice. Um, want to get back into Owlboy. Uh, I was a little bummed because I got um, some. I came into some more Steam money, but it was on Monday, and I didn't use go on Steam to use the money until Tuesday and all the games on my wish list that had been on sale weren't on sale anymore. Yep, Cyber Monday was <laughs> over. So, yep. I was going to get uh man, um The Witcher 3 and Street Fighter 5 were both on really 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 steep sales. Okay. Um uh, what was the most recent there was a Star Wars game Fallen Order, Jedi Fallen, Fallen Order. Jedi
0: Fallen Order. Yeah, cuz yep. the new one was, comes out
1: get, this spring. And I was going to get like all three of those games for less than 15 bucks. <laughs> it was insane. But and then I logged on, they were all back up to full price. So <laughs>
0: They'll dis, they'll discount down again, those games for sure.
1: That's not it for Bedrock's uh, game corner for this for this week. <laughs> is, that, is that a new segment? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Maybe so. We'll see how long it lasts.
0: Seth always likes to come up with new segments on Blood and Destroyer, so we'll just start coming up with segments here. That's fine. I'm okay with that. <laughs> it's also not our last track though. We talked about either. We have one more to go, and it's also one of yours. We do.
1: We do. And I was excited about this. I've. Uh... Name dropped a couple of podcasters already. I'll go ahead and name drop one more. Um, uh, Jason Ariola from over on the um, the Games and Chuck Network does the Rock Out With Your Card Out podcast, which is on a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, Jason's focusing on some other things right now, but I was recently on a, um, the Dyad and I were on a podcast with him and his friends uh, because the movie bar, of course, is a show about legal films and they have a show called Multimedia Failure, which is about video game movies. And it's really funny. Um, They go through, they're watching not all the video game movies, but as many as they can find. And there are some, of course, real stinkers out there. But we did a crossover where Jason joined us on the movie bar to talk about the Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney movie, uh, the live action one that came out in Japan. And and we joined them to talk about it again on Multimedia Failure. And those were fun episodes. He adores Otoi Sakuraba. And his favorite soundtrack of Sakuraba's is Bait and Kaitos. And so I want to give a shout out to Jason. Um, and the last track we're listening to was originally from Bait and Kaito's. But what's cool about it and why I like it as a closer for this episode is it's Sakuraba doing Sakuraba because he took this track <laughs> and arranged it for Super Smash Brothers for the Wii U and 3DS. And um, he's been involved with Smash since Brawl. Uh, arranging mostly other people's stuff <laughs> but some of his own um, but yeah they came back and did this it played on the gore stage from xenoblade which i think is fitting and um yeah just a really really cool track one of sakuraba's best again i think and i really like this arrangement of it so excited to close out the episode with
0: that what's also awesome is that i had this on my list initially but I didn't yeah. have the... Because we don't usually do that. We don't usually have the same picks and things yeah, that we have it's very saved. Rare. very rare that that'll happen. I did, however, have the original Bane Kaidos version saved and not the Wii version of Smash Bros. saved or the Wii U version. Um, I really like this version, too. I think it's awesome. Like, it sounds... Very similar, right? But definitely a little bit of rearrangement there in certain areas, obviously, as Smash is known to do. And I love
1: that about the Smash games because you can hear like Yuzo Koshiro doing Guile's theme. Right. uh, Super cool. Yuko Shimamura doing a Minecraft arrangement. It's. It's so cool, so cool listening to that kind of stuff,
0: and kind of unusual to have a track in Smash when there's no other representation from the series in Smash either. Nothing else.
1: Yeah, there was more of that in Ultimate because, especially like when SNK came in because they wanted to showcase like everything they'd ever done. And, uh, of course, Sakura, I was like, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> give, give, give it all to me. <laughs> I want it all. Um, I can do it. But, uh, what were, uh, what was the track that you got to bring in because you didn't, uh, bring, uh, Validate
0: So that would be Mario Golf. Cool. Okay.
1: So my closer gave us our opener. Yeah. <laughs> nice.
0: <laughs> Cause I had the other three, you know, my three retro already picked out. And then, of course, I initially had, um, infinite undiscovery resonance of fate and dark souls but then bumped infinite undiscovery and resonance of fate for dragon star near and exist archive and then i had uh the valedictoria elegy and then when i saw it on your list i knew and because i was waiting to see everything that you had submitted and i wanted to have something from his like working on mario golf mario tennis and the sports games um and then i thought that it actually made a perfect opener with the valley
1: <laughs> very
0: cool yeah
1: it was it was a good one we didn't talk about it as much but uh it was a fun fun opener and um coming back to nintendo for the closer <laughs> coming back
0: to nintendo in a really great episode that i think
1: went a little long but they tend to i with, was gonna say we, uh, just noticed we're yeah at almost two and a half hours of talking obviously so. <laughs> that'll be cut
0: down a little bit uh when we get rid of some of the silence and you know extra chatter that we had throughout, but um, a really great episode that highlighted a lot of Matoy Sakuraba's strengths and variety that you said some people think he don't have, but he does. He
1: clearly does. Yeah, and we, I love that we got to talk a lot about the music in this episode. Um, I didn't we didn't have as many facts about sakuraba's life per se um as we have on some of the other ones but but this music is no interview unfortunately unfortunately not yeah i i did reach out on sakuraba's professional website but Whoever he's got screening his comments probably saw. Oh, it's a podcast and it's in another language. This, this probably is going to work for us. Either that or did they, they didn't even see it? Because you know, <laughs>
0: probably didn't um, even see it. Little do they know, we have a fluent Japanese speaker on the staff.
1: We can make it work. That's right. So anybody who happens to be listening, um, if you represent a composer who only speaks Japanese, we can make it work. So Kyle lived in Japan for three <laughs> years. He's fluent in Japanese. He <laughs> yeah. helps me out a lot in well, that right, regard. Man. Since we have run kind of long, um, I don't have anything to plug. Uh, we took a break this month from the movie bar. Uh, so we were going to be watching, I mentioned on a recent episode, the, the Paul Newman film, uh, The Verdict. That's going to be tabled for January. Got something special coming up for Christmas that I'll talk about next episode. And um, yeah, I don't have anything to plug. I already plugged all the games I'm playing. So
0: All right. Well, I think that's going to do it then. That'll unfortunately bring us to the close of the show for this week. We do want to thank you for staying with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania, made possible, of course, by RPGera.com. If you like video game music and more importantly you like us and you want to help us grow this show, check the description box for ways you can do just that, including a link to join our Discord community. Click it, join it, and interact with us. Bedroth, what are we closing out with?
1: Closing up the show. We have got the Valedictory Elegy from Beton Kaito's Origins, originally. This arrangement from Super Smash Bros. for the Wii U. And this was released on November 21st, 2014 and composed, as was everything else in the episode, by Motoi Sakuraba.
0: Keep the music playing and keep it loud.